Hello, Internet, and welcome once again to the Always Online Podcast, brought to you by MMOBomb.com, your home for all things multiplayer-related. I'm your host, Mike Byrne, a.k.a. Magic Man, and this is episode 444, uh, Triple Fours. 333 more episodes, Troy, and we'll be able to call it 777. So we're almost there. We're almost there, I think. Might be a while. Might be a while. 333 more episodes. We've got stuff to talk about from QuakeCon. We've got news from all over the multiplayer gaming universe. Joining me today to go over all of it, the noob fridge himself, Mr. Troy Blackburn. What's up, sir? Firm believer that age is just a number and that I am only as young as I feel, and I feel 84. <laughs> feel 84. Well, I mean, it's still double digits, so it's, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> uh, double digits. Uh, My body this morning does not want to cooperate, does not want to get along with me, but that's okay. We're going to make it through and then go back to bed. Well, that's why we bring somebody on the show that's only 57. Uh, yeah. And that would be uh, the Dom Greco. What's up, sir? Thank you for stopping by as a guest host this week. See, I'm a firm, firm believer that age is not a number, age is a word. Uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, you're true. You know, that's true. That's uh-huh. I, I can't. Fifty-seven. I can't. I can't fight you on that. I can't fight you on that. If age, <laughs> if age is a word, then my age is ouch. <laughs> <laughs> my age is fifty-seven. Oh. Where you get fifty-seven? It was younger than Troy. That's oh, all. Okay. That's all. That's fair. That's all. That's fair. Uh, we are, of course, doing the show live, twitch.tv slash MMOBomb, every Friday here, 1 p.m. Eastern. Hope you'll join us live. If you can't and you're watching on MMOBomb or YouTube, we very much appreciate it, or listening on iTunes or Spotify. While you're there, give us a like, give us a follow, a subscribe, and turn on those notifications, all that fun stuff that everybody tells you to do. We'd actually like you to do it here. They just say it. We'd like you to actually do it. And throw a comment in there, of course. We need your weekly bombs and your answers to the question of the week. For the back half of the show, so let's get started with the front half of the show and the news. All right, it's not in the show notes, gents, but I was talking about it with some of the chatters last night over at Ready Check Radio when we did the Relic Grind uh, we didn't really cover it on MMO Bomb because it doesn't really just it doesn't have an impact right now uh, to anything like multiplayer. It could in the future, but Embracer Group on the move again, gentlemen. I don't know if you saw them picking up a lot of companies. They're picking up Limited Run. They're picking up Tripwire. They're also picking up, most interestingly, probably the Lord of the Rings franchise, Middle Earth Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Now, this predominantly in initial reports on like Kotaku and stuff pointed towards uh, movie and small screen rights. And then by proxy games that were utilizing uh, likenesses and stuff like that in those movies and small screen adaptations. But if you go and look at the proper, the, the announcement proper, it does extend into literary rights. So future Lord of the Rings games will have to go through Middle Earth Entertainment still. They are going to exist. They are going to be autonomous under the Embracer group, like many of Embracer's purchases. But don't expect this to be any short-term impact to things like uh, Lord of the Rings Online or games that we would cover here. Of course, those contracts already existed. Those licensing agreements already existed. But it does leave it maybe potentially for something interesting to talk about, Troy, when those licenses come up for renewal. Uh, will uh, obviously Middle Earth Entertainment would like to continue uh, making money. Embracer, I'm sure, likes to make money, but maybe Embracer has a longer-term objective here. Obviously, the Amazon and Tencent MMO Lord of the Rings is gone, blown out of the water, canceled, but maybe you could see Embracer saying, I don't know if we want to renew that one for so long because we might want to get into a new one. I don't know. So no immediate impact, but what's your initial take on them just gobbling up some more companies? Oh, interestingly, they did. there was one other company that is part of this purchase that isn't announced yet. All they say is they're not ready to announce it due to industry stuff. It is PC slash console gaming related, and it's a pretty damn big purchase. 
And we're talking about almost a 600 million purchase across the board for all of these companies, including the Middle Earth Entertainment. What's your initial gut reaction there, Troy? Uh, Embracer Group's not going to pick these up unless they plan to make money on them. And in order to do that, they're going to dole out licenses. So I think there's definitely going to be, like you said, long-term new licenses going out for, we'll talk Lord of the Rings specifically here, because everybody is, you know, kind of we're looking forward to a new Lord of the Rings MMO, and the dreams got dashed on that. But I, I think definitely they picked them up to make money on them. I think we're going to see new Lord of the Rings IP material coming out, whether it be, you know, books, more shows like what's coming out, uh, movies, things like that, and potentially video games, I think is definitely, because you got the Shadow of Mordor uh, series going on. Uh, I could see more games in that series coming out. And then don't and forget Gollum. An MMO. Don't forget Gollum. Oh, yeah, the, the Gollum game. That's, yeah. <laughs> Maybe they'll add multiplayer to it. Don't, don't forget this game you've already forgotten. <laughs> That's been delayed multiple times. <laughs> yeah, and looks dumb, uh, dumb, questionable at best. Dumb, what do you think? Uh, I mean, it's potentially exciting. Like, anytime companies pick up new games, like, everybody's always, or new franchises, it's it's always hopeful for new games, and I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic for one, but track records have, have proven in the past. Not necessarily a good move. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm going to be cautious. I, I'm, I'm hopeful, but cautious. There is also the consideration. Uh, I mean, they've been grabbing uh, not just game studios, but IPs, more importantly. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. They, they, they just had that purchase from Square Enix where they picked up a couple of Western developers, uh, including Hitman, or not Hitman, um, Deus Ex uh, and Tomb Raider and then... And, and, Franchises yeah. like that, obviously, Legacy of Kane, an older one that I would love to see a, a new version of, sitting in that bucket too. Uh, limited Run, I think, is an interesting grab, and I think is going to give a lot of smaller games uh, more opportunity to get into the physical space. Troy, uh, that's Limited's thing. Tripwire is a little weird. I mean, Killing Floor, I, I don't see them messing with that. <laughs> Chat saying a Killing Floor MMO would rule. I don't disagree. <laughs> I don't. Dis I don't disagree. But it's it's not just oh and then obviously but they own Gearbox too right um, Embracer's on top of Gearbox which is on top of what was Perfect World Entertainment uh, so <laughs> not to be confused with Perfect World that still exists in the East uh, and does things like Jade Dynasty and the Jade Dynasty new game that they're working on too so it's been not just a game studio grab Troy but also a huge IP grab and they're saying they've got one more that they're not ready to announce yet, the, probably because there's other deals going on in the background. Yeah. I, I don't know who it could be. They, they reference a big one. I, could you see? I, I, don't, I don't see like somebody like Square Enix. I think Sony's way too interested in them for Embracer to sweep in. But we're, we're talking about a company that I think two years ago, you wouldn't even have known existed in the gaming space. Like, who's the Embracer group? And now all of a sudden, this last 24 months has just been Embracer Group buys this, Embracer Group buys this. Ninja, that is the guess that I have, that it's potentially... That, that's, that was about to be my guess. That it's potentially too. Ubisoft. Yeah, go ahead, yeah. Troy. Now, that's, that's what I was going to guess, because we just talked um, a couple of episodes ago about how Ubisoft was once again putting themselves in a position where possible acquisition could be the answer to some of their problems and here we go with a big company sweeping in, making big grabs, uh, big IPs. Lord of the Rings is a huge IP. Um, I could see them sweeping, uh, sweeping in and picking up something like Ubisoft. Are you okay with that, Dom? I mean, Ubisoft's struggling lately. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's a great move. Like, I don't know. Do, do, but do we want, like, Assassin's Creed Online? We're, we're already going to get it. The, the next the next one is a I know. Yeah. I'm saying do we want that though? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting to talk about. We'll keep an eye on it. Uh we didn't cover it really doesn't impact multiplayer gaming news at the exact moment, but it will be interesting to watch when those licensing deals start coming up for renewal. Actually, I think Lord of the Rings Online Troy is one of those ones we've been watching every time the license comes up for renewal <laughs> yeah <laughs> because there were always like i don't know if warner brothers wants to do it anymore i don't know if warner brothers wants to do it anymore and they keep squeaking through we'll see I was gonna say, they, they keep chugging along man they keep chugging along and i mean they're doing a graphics it's 
I hesitate to use the word overhaul. That's not exactly what they're doing, but they are. We we covered on the site Lord of the Rings doing some uh, new. My only issue with that, they've been talking about that for years now. Yeah. Graphics updates, graphics updates, and then nothing. Yeah. Uh, oh, interestingly, there's a rumor, by the way, that this purchase caused Multiverses some problems. Multiverse oh. is the biggest game in the United States in July, uh, sales-wise. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was the Warner Brothers fighter, right? Mm-hmm. They probably they had like Gandalf and all kinds of Lord of the Rings stuff planned that had been data mined and things like that. And now some of those data miners are going back in over the last few days and not seeing that stuff there anymore. <laughs> so there's a rumor. We'll we'll put the piece up on MMO Bomb today. There's a, a rumor that some of that stuff might be gone. Anyway, let's uh, move over and talk about QuakeCon, baby. So QuakeCon underway right now. We saw things like the new trailer for the Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, next update, excuse me, hiccuped. <laughs> Ubisoft has nothing coming out, really. Yeah, well, for the rest of this year, yeah, basically. Definitely not for multiplayer. I th- I'm excited for Mario Rabbids. That's, that's about it. Yeah, it's, well, and, and then there's Skull and Bones. That's it. Like, everything else got yeah. pushed into next year. Um, I, say, I think I think Mario Rabbids may be their biggest income producer because Skull and Bones looks like it's set up for failure. Yeah, that, that one's that one's gonna be rough. I, I think <laughs> so. I did this from the MMO Bomb account, but the Skull and Bones Twitter account, I think a week or two ago, had tweeted out, uh, you know, what are you gonna name your ship? Uh, and I said the SS waiting for reviews. It <laughs> <laughs> says dead in the water. Uh, from the MMO bomb account, and then I was like, eh, maybe I shouldn't have sent that from the MMO bomb account. Ah, fuck it, we'll let it stand. <laughs> <laughs> it's done. It happened. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, QuakeCon, some interesting stuff there. The one I want to talk about today, because there was about a twenty-minute video put up. We have it on MMOBomb.com for you to check out on. Redfall. Now, this is Arcane, coming out of Arcane. Uh, and so we've got a pedigree there from what? Dishonored and Prey and, and those types of games in a single player or co op, whatever you want to do. Open world. Don't confuse this for like a Left for Dead uh, horde mode type thing. That is not what this is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Redfall Island under the uh, spell of some pretty wild vampires. And we got a 20 minute thing with the team multiple members of the team taking us through weapons and the environment and the open world and how you can play it single player and how that varies when you uh play it multiplayer with your friends uh honestly and I, i hesitate to say this but i i guess like the way to look at it is probably more akin to not exactly but more akin to a division two with vampires than to compare it to like a Left 4 Dead. Uh, this was obviously also delayed to next year. Uh, first half of next year it was supposed to come out late this year. I cannot wait for this game. <laughs> like, you guys know me and vampires. You vampire like, freak. Yeah, yeah, you put vampires on something. Like, if there were vampires in Skull and Bones, I'd be singing its praises. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, what if Gollum's a vampire uh, you know what he's the sneakiest greatest dude ever um, yeah I, you could be a vampire pirate best game ever um, yeah. no. I am absolutely looking forward to this one I like games like The Division and I don't even mind that they're you know like live service type games you know when they're, when a live service is done well I don't, don't personally have a problem with it just so few of them are done well is my problem with it yeah. I, I'm actually really, really looking forward to Redfall. Uh, besides just being into vampires, I love The Division 2. Um, mm-hmm. Now. It's like The Division. I loved both of them about nine months after both of them came out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And if there is anything that is more quintessentially Ubisoft, please let me know. Uh, because that's basically the the MO for that stuff from Ubisoft. What do you think, Troy? Is this one you're watching? Are you going to hunt vampires, experience the story, get sidetracked by open world stuff, all the things they were talking about in that video? Is this going to be up your alley, something you're looking forward to? 
Yeah, this is definitely something I'm going to check out and play. I'm I'm pretty excited about this game. I'm a big Arcane Studios fanboy myself. I really love the Dishonored series. I think they did a better job in this in this video that they posted. What was it yesterday? Uh, of really reiterating the the open world aspects and discussing things like you know, hey, if you run into an encounter that where the like the the enemies are too hard for you. It's not like Left 4 Dead where you're stuck there in that alley fighting those monsters. You can get the heck out of there, go somewhere else, level up, get a better weapon, and come back to kick that thing's ass, I think was the exact quote that the guy said. Um, and, and then they were talking about you can sneak in, the vampires aren't you know just rushing at you all the time. Uh, sometimes they, if you sneak in, they can be unaware of you. You can listen to no conversations, or you can snipe some from a distance, and then slip back out of an area. I think they did a better job of reiterating the open world aspects of this game than they did the first time around in the initial trailers. Yeah, I would, and even the data on their site too. I would agree. You know, it, yeah. it goes into, and and of course it's QuakeCon, so they're trying to provide more information. Uh, and I I totally agree with you. It was nice to see the, like when our writer Anthony wrote it up, he actually wrote you know Horde mode, and I was like, no no no, this game's not that. That's how bad the communication has been. Yeah, yeah. about the game. Well, especially we live in an age where everything wants to try to use like open world, open world. So many games are open world now that when you just flash that across the screen. Uh, I hardly acknowledge it because I don't know what your open world means uh, compared to something else. Like, is it is it the Witcher 3 open world? Uh, when you say open world, do you just mean it's like Left 4 Dead where I still have to walk through certain areas? It's just that the zones right. are bigger? There's so many definitions of what developers use for open world when sometimes it's not actually open world that I, I didn't completely miss it, but I just sort of filed it in the back of my brain and sort of ignored it for the time being when the initial trailer came out. Yeah, to Cal saying, uh, what kind of dollar store-ass vampires can't sense humans? Uh, so interestingly, <laughs> they did talk about this, that they yes, did. they are vampires, but don't think of them as you know high fantasy, Dracula, you know, blood infection type vampires. This is very Umbrella, right? Resident Evil for you, Dom. Company moved into Redfall, pharmaceutical company, and shit went awry, and now people are infected by this, but they were people that basically wanted to be infected uh, by this, and it's nothing that can be cured. So you do have, like, fangs and, and the, uh, drinking blood and those types of things, but they threw away, like, all the uh, garlic and running water and certain supernatural abilities, and there's, like, a hierarchy in, in the vampire world where these there's these vampire gods those are the ones that can do the things chat's talking about where they have almost you know magical abilities to block out the sun and warp the world around people in redfall but then there's also like the lower ends that are just like miserable people that would have killed you for a dollar in real life anyway and now they're vampires and there's humans yeah. that want to be vampires and they are more than happy to take advantage of that free labor mm-hmm mm -hmm. It's it's interesting to me because like the I understand where the confusion from like horde mode comes because this game gives off better Left 4 Dead vibes than Back 4 Blood. The creators of Left 4 Dead did, like did <laughs> it's just aesthetically anyway. You know, it's just it's kind of it's kind of crazy. Size wise, by the way, they are talking about. Uh, they use the analogy or the comparison, I should say, to the Talos in Prey. Uh, and the, if you think back to that game, that uh, ship was about five football fields worth of explorable space. Um, they sunk the Talos into just one of their farm zones, and it got dwarfed. Like it, that, That's the size scale of what you're talking about here in Redfall. I'm super interested in this super interested in this i loved some of the like the makeshift weapons too troy like they were showing everybody's putting wooden uh uh bayonets on their on their weapons but it's like <laughs> yeah. whatever they had like there's a guitar uh neck that is just like ripped so it's pointy <laughs> taped to a gun there's a wooden garden gnome with its pointy hat taped to a gun <laughs> like like anything they can make a wooden stake out of they made a wooden stake out of the other cool thing I thought, and this is, I, I like this. Obviously, there's only four characters to choose from, which I did not like at first. I was like, ugh, you know, just let me 
division it up and create a character and go, yeah. I don't like this choosing of one of four heroes. And they all have different narrative beats for why they're there, whether they're from the island or not from the island. Um, but there is customization in the skill trees for each of these four heroes. And then, of course, the loadout that you would want to spec in a certain way, depending on what skill tree you went down. That's all well and good. Skill trees are fine. Love them. Perfect. Go ahead. Put them in my looter shooter. I'm all for it. One of the things I thought was interesting, though, was to encourage the multiplayer aspect of this, to squad up and go around with your friends. You might spec into an ability that's useful for you solo that has a secondary effect when you are in groups. So one of the characters, for the example they gave, is a uh, like kind of a sniper. Everything's from range. They got a crow to do like recon work, and they can cloak themselves and stuff. And if you go down that cloaking skill tree, then enhancements are made to your cloak ability, whether it be you can use it uh, more often, it lasts longer, etc. Um, but some of those higher tier abilities will also then say, oh, by the way, if you're grouped, Troy, and you cloak, your teammates will also be cloaked uh, if you have sunk enough. So there's modification in, I'm going to go down this skill tree because I pr play primarily solo, but I don't have to like respec. I'm going to be giving additional benefits to my team for taking the adventure all the way down a particular skill tree. I really liked that touch. It was a nice, subtle, there's a payoff for being multiplayer, but you're not specking specifically, this is my build for solo, this is my build for multiplayer. Yeah, because there's there's plenty of games where you're like respecking back and forth depending on what you're doing. Uh, I'm playing New World right right now, and it's not the same game, but I have to respec uh, both my weapons and my attributes depending on whether I am out in the world playing by myself or if I'm doing group content with other people. I have to respec everything, and that does get a little annoying. So to to have those just as little nice little benefits as you're as you're leveling up, and you can kind of run the same build, but you're just giving extra benefits to others. I think that's a really nice touch. Yeah, and I've been playing a lot of uh, Hunt Showdown, and there's a lot of multiplayer talents that you would pick up, like Necromancer, that allows you to pick up your teammates for a, uh, from a distance at the cost of health. It function nothing if you're playing solo. Like, it's just a wasted talent, so it's like, kind of have to have a separate character for when I'm solo playing, and a, a different character for, for when I'm playing with the group, and... I mean, you could respec, but it costs premium currency. I, I don't like when games do that. Oh, oh God. That's awful. I can't believe yeah. you're playing New World. Ghostbusters comes out at the same time, I think. No, JL. Uh, Ghostbusters comes out later this year. I think that's October? October? Yeah. Uh, this was originally, Redfall was originally slated for November, but has been pushed into the first half of 2023. Ghostbusters is uh, the 18th of October. Yeah. 18th of October, yeah. That's another asymmetrical uh, game. So uh, definitely looking forward to that one, too. Yeah, I, I got to give it's from a team that I, I like their stuff. Uh, I'm kind of OK with it being delayed so that we didn't run into a I'm going to hate it in November, but I'll like it in June. Uh, mm -hmm. Now, now just let me like it in May or June when it comes out. So I'm definitely interested in this. I'm going to give this one a thumbs up. I love their QuakeCon video from top to bottom. I thought they spent just enough time on each thing that nothing got boring and you weren't just inundated with pointless information. They hit key questions. All in all, I thought this was a great QuakeCon presentation for Redfall, and it got me even more interested in a game that I'm already interested in. And of course, Jason Winter, who's sitting in chat, would tell me, don't ever get interested in a game that's coming out. They'll always be bad. They'll always be bad. <laughs> and I, that's Jason for you. That is Jason. Always that, the optimist. That is Jason. So I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Where do you sit, Troy? Are we playing together 100%? Oh, yeah, 100%. Absolutely. You coming with us, Dom? I, I'm giving it about a 75. I'm not not 100% on board, but I'm, I'm very much optimistic. I believe, it's a, so than Jason. I believe it's a Game Pass title, too. So it mm. might not even have to pay for it. I believe it is, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I, I believe I saw it on there, yeah is Redfall will launch on day one on Xbox Game Pass for Xbox Series X and S and PC. Cool. So you don't even get my money. Uh, <laughs> now I really, really like your game. <laughs> I mean, they're technically getting your money because it's part of the subscription you're paying, but yes. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And if I'm digging it and everything and they're like, we're taking it off of Game Pass, I'm like, well, all right, there you go. Now you got my money. <laughs> yeah. Now it has happened. Now it has happened. 
Let us know hey, what it's 2022. It'll probably be on sale by then. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know what you think about Redfall in the comments below. Are you watching uh, it eagerly? Is it just, hey, another open world looter shooter uh, a la The Division and no way? Let us know what you think in the comments below. Really want to know what you think about Redfall. Uh, I do have some news bits that I want to go through, but before we get there, uh, I'm going to bring Yoshi P into the conversation. Not because we're going to talk a lot about Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, we did that on the Relic Grind on Ready Check Radio last night. The pre the preliminary patch notes for 6.2 are up. They went up this morning. Q is going to have a little snapshot for, for those of you that want to just get the rundown uh, and haven't been keeping up to date on things. That's all Final Fantasy XIV, all well and good. I'm going to bring him up because he did an interview with Inverse Magazine, or Inverse, the website, and he said a number of different things that we covered on the site, things like he does want to make another MMO. He always he thinks about making an MMO RPG from scratch uh, often, to which I say, Square, pay the man. Um, he, he did talk about the Final Fantasy franchise itself, and it's struggling. We had lots to say about that on last night's The Relic Grind. Why I bring it here is he also talked about just the future of multiplayer gaming in general. Uh, and I want to see if you kind of agree or think that this is where we're headed. So he says that like he doesn't think in a few years we're going to be thinking of online gaming the way we think of it right now. Things like quantum computing are just going to change and that generally being more and more available to your average consumer uh, are just going to change things uh, dramatically. And he actually believes that we would almost already be there had it not been for COVID and chip shortages and all these things hitting the industry basically over the same two to three year period. So he thinks that's where we're headed, where you don't even maybe necessarily think of it as gaming, let alone online or multiplayer gaming, Troy, because it's more of a, I don't want to say virtual reality because he was not talking about you know VR headsets and stuff, but let's say an alternate reality instead of just what we know MMORPGs to be today. Do you think that that is where we're headed in in the MMORPG industry? Or because I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll, I'll segue by saying I don't know. It seems a little far fetched for me, uh, and being so close the way Yoshi P thinks it might might be. But this is also somebody that is far more ingrained into what is available, what will be available for this type of development than you or I have access to. I've, I've said for a long time, I think we're going to continue to see the lines blur between uh, what we consider a, a regular game or a single player game or even an online service and something that we think of as an MMORPG. I think those lines will continue to blur as we go forward. More, more of what would traditionally have been single player games will become uh, more of always online live service games. Unfortunately for many of them, that's not going to be a good thing. And for us, it's not going to be a good thing. Uh, but there are going to be games who do it and do it well. And I think that these online universes is what everybody's kind of gearing towards. Uh, it's what the NFT crowd think they're creating, <laughs> even though they're just creating money scams. Uh, but I, to an extent, yeah, he, he's he, obviously, like you said, he's more ingrained. You know, he's got his finger on the pulse of what's going on and what's going forward, as he should, and know what's coming in the future. That way he can jump on it. Uh, I think we continue to see the lines blur, but I don't know that, you know, we don't think of gaming as gaming anymore. I think gaming will always be gaming, and it is an escape to an alternate universe already, uh, but it's an escape just to, to have some fun, blow off some steam, and I don't think anybody's going to confuse it with their real lives. Yeah, his exact, uh, one, of his, one of his exact quotes here, Dom, was, I think the very concept of online gaming will gradually just disappear. Though the scale of integration may vary, there's hardly any video games without some sort of online component these days. I think the distinction will be reduced to whether it's multiplayer or single player. That there will not be a distinction anymore of, oh, is that is that uh, you know an offline game that you can play by yourself, or is that an online game that you play with other people? Like it's just, hey, is it one player or five players? Uh, he thinks that's that distinction is totally going to go away. And then quantum computing is going to open up the ability to create m m 
more expansive, almost alternate reality type worlds instead of what we know today to be an MMO. Yeah, and I think he was also talking that he want like wants to make sure that the Final Fantasy series in particular uh, was uh, not chasing trends but creating trends, and I, I think that's that's very important too because it's very easy to to chase something, and by the time your development cycle goes through, you're you're left in the dust. So I just I don't know what that is, and and that's that's what's really interesting to me is he he clearly has a vision in mind. Uh, especially if he's thinking about creating a new MMO from scratch, you know, like he's got a vision in mind, and it's like, what could that be? Because we we saw, I mean, I guess we didn't really see much of it, but we knew Blizzard was working on Titan, and that thing seemed like it was way ahead of its time with some of the uh, the details that were revealed about uh, the way you can uh, like progress through the game without actually doing any combat. You can literally be a shopkeeper and you know do stuff like that. That kind of stuff was always interesting to me because uh, I like to see like economies and stuff get built from scratch like in Star Wars Galaxies. I think that was still a uh, game with one of the, the better economies out there. I don't want to say the best, but you know, at the time it was. Um, I, I don't know. I'm very yep. interested to see where it goes not in a VR sense because that's that's what everybody imagines the future of gaming is. is it's Ready Player One. And believe wow. me, I would love to see Ready Player One like actually like that. I would love it, but there's gaps between. What are those? I, I just, I don't have the vision for that and, myself. And he, he does think that VR could potentially be part of this. Like he yeah. says, if we think in terms of the next decade, the development and spread of new devices, such as VR chips, may give a way to revolutionary game experiences. I'd thought this could happen a bit sooner, but I believe it might have been delayed by several years due to the shortage of semiconductors caused by the COVID-19 pandemic and other factors. Quantum computing would drastically improve performance and elements that could be simulated. That could lead to the creation of a living world that resembles reality or even new ideas that create an actual online world. Not just log into your game and explore that world, an actual online world. There is the possibility that game development styles will drastically change and culminate in a major turning point, not only for video games, but everyday life itself. I love the man, but I also think he's being a little goofy right now uh, on this. <laughs> like, I love him to death, but I, I think he I don't is. Know, but just seeing the way stuff has evolved too, you know, like uh, I've been playing a little bit of, of Fortnite's no build mode, right? And uh, just like I jumped in a car and uh, all of a sudden Eminem came blasting on the radio and I'm sitting there going, that is genius, like promotion. You know, advertisement, you know, how many people are playing this game and Eminem just dropped his Greatest Hits 2 album and to sit there and basically throw Eminem in your face, it's just like, that's, oh, it's genius marketing. So, I don't know, The I love integration like that where you have seamless advertising where it's not like very intrusive. So, I feel like that's also going to get included in a lot of upcoming multiplayer games is, is more and more companies are going to jump on stuff like that. And as long as it's not super intrusive where... You know, I'm walking down a street in World of Warcraft and there's like Pepsi billboards or something, you know, like I'm, I'm going to be a little upset, but yeah. Chaiway says in chat, Yoshi P on his visionary mode. It could happen, but probably not in the near future. Yeah, saying <laughs> stuff like this, Troy, is very safe too, right? It's like one of those things like if seven years from now he's right, then you're like, oh man, that dude was absolutely right. If he's not, nobody remembers he said it. Like, so it's just like... <laughs> And even if they did, they'd be like, oh, well, it just hasn't been long enough yet. Like he yeah, said, he said, yeah, you know, it's yeah. not happening right now. Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. All right. So random news bits. Let's get your hits on each of these. Uh, first up, do I have a first up? I do not. Let me get off a of B-roll. Boop. Forget that B-roll. You didn't see it. Some things that are coming out soon. Maybe-ish. World of Warcraft, Dragonflight, Diablo 4, and other Activision Blizzard games release dates might have been leaked. <laughs> and the world was shocked. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. Blizzard's been doing a great job keeping everything under wraps lately. Coming from Wowhead, it looks like, uh, and we do have some confirmed dates that are able to be matched against these, like we know when Wrath of the Lich King Classic is coming out, and that is in this leak as well, but we already know that date, right? 
So we have the classic Wrath of the Lich King global launch on September 26th. Uh, Overwatch 2 PvP launch considering early uh, considered early access October 4th. Uh, WoW 10.0 pre-patch for Dragonflight on October 27th, followed by the WoW 10.0 Dragonflight global launch on November 28th. To date, all we know for sure is that it's 2022. Diablo 4 pre-purchase coinciding with the Game Awards on December 8th and Call of Duty Warzone 2 global launches uh, November 16th. November 16th. And this is apparently coming from an internal document that got leaked and circulated on Reddit. Of course, it has been pulled down now. Blizzard not confirming anything, but did weirdly take to the forums to respond to, hey, if that's when Dragonflight is coming out, then that means the raids will be over Christmas and New Year's. What's up? The team did respond to that, weirdly, by saying, uh, yeah, when we're ready to talk more about the raids release schedule, we'll talk about the raids release schedule. <laughs> if you weren't, gonna- and that wouldn't be the first time they released raids during like Christmas and New Year's. I remember people complaining about that before. Yeah, I mean, they did it a long time ago. I think it was like the first time it, it lined up that way. But since then, they've they've typically held them until after the holidays or did them like two weeks before so like the big grind you know like the world first and stuff were done beforehand or release like the normal and heroic versions beforehand and the mythic version after you know they've done stuff like that so when the time comes for blizzard to announce a release date for dragonflight they'll share details on the initial raid slash season schedule (laughs) it's ready when it's ready like why say anything at that point? I wish that was still true, Dom. I wish that was still true. <laughs> I mean, for Blizzard. Fair. Fair. It's kind of been there. The thing. I don't know. It all looks like a mess. Like I, I have a lot of friends that still play WoW, and they're just they're, they're sitting there going, I don't even know if I'm excited for Dragonflight. And I'm like, oh, that seems real hopeful. <laughs> you know, like, and then uh, I have other friends that, that sit there and they're looking at the Diablo 4 talent trees and they're like, yeah, I don't, I'm not thrilled about this. And I'm like, okay, that's hopeful too. And then Overwatch 2, I was super pumped for all the PvE content. That's what I really wanted out of the game. And now we're just getting PvP launch. None of it seems very hopeful for me. Hey, but cross-platform progression is coming to Overwatch finally. It's actually, I believe, in the game right now. But it, it, it well, you can hit. you can prep for it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, yeah. yeah. You can prep your account for it by linking stuff through your consoles through your Battle.net and stuff right now. I don't believe yeah. that you actually get the cross-progression items until Overwatch Two launches. Um, I will say if you are linking your accounts and you have multiple consoles. Uh, I, I believe it's multiple of the same console, like multiple PlayStation accounts. Uh, use the one that has the items you actually want on it, yep. because uh, once you link, you're stuck for a year. Yep. Yeah. Yup. Every time we have covered this game on MMOBomb.com, Troy, I have thought of you, and I want—I've always wanted to talk to you about this, but I always forget. Because it's not a high marquee title, right? This isn't one that you're like, Dragonflight is coming. Whether you play it or not, you know Dragonflight is coming. Mm. Uh, This is Dual Universe. It's been in development for eight years. Two of those years were in beta. It is now headed to launch in late September. So this is a first-person space... You've got to be kidding me. (laughs) We were just talking about this in pre-show. Unreal. Unreal. Uh, This is a first-person space simulation sandbox MMORPG coming out of Nova Quark in Paris. Uh, We've covered it for a while, and this is, like, every time I see it, Troy, I think of you, because not only is it space, and we both generally like space things, Mm. uh, but it is way, for me, a Troy Blackburn title in that it is truly a sandbox. Like, they, they don't care what the hell you're doing. You want to go be a kingpin in the ore industry, go be a kingpin in the ore industry and and farm your way to making bajillions and stuff, uh, bajillions of of money. They're using industry-leading voxel technology, enabling players to build amazing worlds in a single shared MMO like no other. 
They've expanded the game's scope throughout developments, adding asteroids, territory mining, missions, PV, new PvP mechanics, more reasons to fight each other. And literally, the, the trailers, and I'm showing an older trailer here. This is, I think, was 2020-ish, just because it was a short snippet, rather than some of the longer videos on specific topics they've put up on their YouTube channel. Uh, is this, am I right? Is this the sandbox game that Troy has been hoping for for a while? Or does it at least have the potential to be? It does have the potential to be. I can't say that it's it's one that I've been following super closely. Uh, it hasn't. It doesn't like constantly set on my radar as far as games that I'm following right now. I'd say sandboxy wise, I, I think Nightingale is probably at the top of my list. Um, but if this one delivers sort of an Eve Online experience without the spreadsheets, then it's something that I that I could definitely be interested in. If it's more about the gameplay than just the numbers and I can actually go out in the universe and explore and, and see different things, then it has something that uh, that might interest me going forward. Yeah, uh, it's, it is going to be subscription-based. I'll say that since you brought up EVE Online. It is going to have a subscription model. I mean, in, in fact, it already does for people that have been playing in, in different beta stages when they implemented that. And if you opt to keep that, there's benefits to that as well. Uh, if you were in beta and you remain subscribed, that's cool. So you'll get additional game time and some other stuff. Uh, but they are on Steam only going to put up a free trial. It'll be its own private server. So it'll just be free trial players. It'll be reset regularly. So literally just a, hey, go in and play it. We don't care what you do. We're going to take the progress away anyway, uh, which I, I, I hope they haven't said anything yet. But I would hope that there is a way that if you are free trialing and you're like, I dig this. I would hope there was a way to transfer that progress into the paid subscription server uh, so that you don't have to start all over. But maybe there won't be because this is going to be its own separate little trial yeah. only exclusively on Steam. But that would suck to, to hit the yeah. point that, that it finally, okay, now the hooks are in me. Now I really like what I'm doing here. I got this. Uh, this, this whatever, this MacGuffin that's keeping me going. And then you're like, oh, I'm ready. I'm ready to just fully invest in this game. And it's like, oh, no, you have to start completely over to get back to that spot you were because that can be really deflating. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It depends on how long the trial is and all that stuff because, like, you, you may be able to do the trial and maybe the, the trial server resets every hour you know, or something like that, just so you purposely can't get far into the game. Yeah, I um, think that would be a pretty shitty trial. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, play this sandbox game. We got you. Got an hour. You got an hour yeah. to to figure out whether you want it or not. I do like that they're putting up a demo server. Uh, I mm -hmm. think that's very very smart for them uh, to do because it is. You know, Nova Quark isn't particularly like all over the gaming radar. Dual Universe isn't particularly all over the gaming radar. There's certainly an appeal to it. It's not going to be a, a, a game that I'm going to go for, Troy. This will definitely be a first look that, that, will, that will be on your side of the fence, somebody that generally likes sandbox-type games to begin with. But I do have to admit, there might be a certain little appeal for me to check it out for the same reason you mentioned, Troy. Maybe it's like Eve without as heavy as eve but then is it worth it or does it just end up being as heavy we just don't know yet because none of us yeah. have played it we probably have to talk to somebody in beta somebody who's been in beta let us know like is the comparative uh, compared to like things like eve that try to do this same style of space open world sandbox stuff what's the yeah. what's it am i gonna get lost in this is that what's gonna happen am i gonna get lost this also seems like a game like it's right up my alley. I watched, you know, all their their uh, announcement videos, the uh, the stuff they were talking about. It, like, it's so interesting to me. It's fascinating. It's like the absolute game that I know I would enjoy and I will 100% not be playing this game because if I do, I'm never going to play any other games. That's just that's how it is. Like, yeah, I, that's... I, I understand it. Yeah. And it's right up my alley and I cannot do it. I, I understand my addiction to stuff like this and I cannot can't i'm never gonna hear from troy again if it's good um oh, if, it's good, never, if it's good <laughs> never hear from him again never hear from him again uh speaking of things troy loves uh guild wars 2 is finally gonna come to steam like 
it's actually hey. happening, folks. Actually happening, folks. Uh, sooner or later, everything ends up there. Guild Wars 2 just opted to go with the later. Uh, <laughs> I thought the actual announcement would be further out from the from the actual date that it's going to launch, though. Like, I'm, I'm surprised that they waited until, yeah. like, immediately before they're going to launch it. A week? Yeah, yeah, if you're curious when, uh, next week. <laughs> In fact, five days. Next Tuesday, it'll be available on Steam. They, uh, Jason actually said the same thing. We were joking about it in chat the day that the news broke out, and he was like, boy, Guild Wars 2, just kind of like subscribe to that, just announce it when it's ready uh, <laughs> mentality. Because they were just like, boom, on Steam. Uh, yeah, so next week, Tuesday. The only thing I want to ask you gentlemen on this, obviously it's probably a good thing it's coming to Steam, more people, et cetera, et cetera, all that wonderful stuff. And then people will use the Steam uh, charts to tell you how many people are playing Guild Wars and we'll have to say, hey, look, 95% of its player base probably isn't on Steam because it yeah. took 10 years <laughs> to get there, et cetera, et cetera. They're selling a $100 bundle, a $100 bundle for this, for Guild Wars 2, called the Complete Collection. You get all three expansions, all five seasons of the episodic living world. And there's some other odds and ends in it. But that's that's the biggie. You're the $100. If you had somebody... Yeah, you can't carry over progress, by the way. If, and we knew that a while ago. You can't take your current Guild Wars 2 and go migrate to Steam. It doesn't work that way. Yep. Um, if you had a friend that was, like, getting into a new MMO... And, and, and let's say that Guild Wars 2 would be their cup of tea, right? Like, you're not going to try and sell your friend on something you know they're probably not going to like. What do you think of a $100 bundle for three expansions and all five seasons of The Living World? Just get it all in one shot, 100 bucks. Is that something you'd recommend to a new player friend, Troy? No, not really. I would recommend they just check out the the base version of the game and make sure it's for them. A uh, hundred dollars for all that with the way sales and stuff are going to work, uh, especially now that it's on Steam. You know, there's going to be sales. There's going to be more sales than they already have on those expansions. Uh, I think you can go. Do you, don't you get if you buy like the the latest expansion on the on the standalone client? I think you get all the previous expansions or something like that. But a hundred dollars—that's that's a lot of investment for a, for a game, especially if you've never played it before. That's a that's a big investment. Now, granted, there's a ton of content there. There's ten years worth of content there. Uh, but a hundred bucks seems a little steep to me. And I mean, it's—I should say—it's not going to be exclusively just a hundred dollars or bust. We don't know prices yeah, yeah, yet, yeah, but yeah. they do show on their Steam page a bundle they where just you have get a hundred dollar bundle, right? Yeah. Where you get Heart of Thor, Heart of Thorns, and uh, Path of Fire. Uh, they do have a separate Ida line item for End of Dragons by itself. So there, there are going to be a couple options. I just thought it was, hey, here's a hundred bucks, and and I have a hard time with. It. I want to say, Dom, that like uh, I can't really recommend that. But then, like, if you like Guild Wars two, a hundred dollars for three expansions, yeah, and I, some extras, and all five living worlds so far, you won't have to worry about when they do the freebie thing so you could go do this or when this one cycles back in so you could go you don't have to worry just get it's a damn good price i think I, but I it's a hard it, but it's a hard recommend i think i agree I, it's definitely a hard recommend but i was gonna say it seems like it's more content than a 120 dollars collector's edition for world of warcraft dragonflight <sighs> <Ha-cha-cha>. <laughs> Got you em. can buy Path of Fire and Heart of Thorns on the freestanding client for twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're on Steam. Like I said, we just don't know the prices yet. They still yeah, have yeah, them. Yeah. They still have them in eight out on the on Steam. Uh, speaking of headed to Steam and releasing Fractured Online, picked up by Gamigo way back when, is headed to early access next month on Steam, bringing one of their new uh, a new playable race, the first non human playable race to the game. There's, there will eventually be all three there, but not yet. We're going to add this one now. Bunch of new content. Um, new starting zone, obviously, coming with that race and, and everything. New planet. Tons of stuff. Have you changed your mind on this one at all, Troy? I know the purchase by Gamigo 
really hurt you because this was one you were mildly watching and then Gamigo bought them and all of a sudden you wanted out of the relationship. Uh, <laughs> I left the, I left the Discord channel and everything. Wow. <laughs> I was I was done. I am going to play this. Uh, I'm not going to be able to help myself. I already know. Um, I'm not married to it. I'm not saying it's going to be my next big uh, game like it could have been. Uh, the Gamigo thing still scares the holy bejesus out of me. But I am, I am, this is going to be one that I will be trying. They're there, they're just everything that I saw before, everything that I've seen since then still screams Troy play me. So <laughs> Troy's gonna play it. <laughs> Fair enough. And the game is going, Oh, Troy, we're gonna play you. We're gonna yeah. play. <laughs> yeah. And Gamigo says, Yeah, you're you gonna get played, fool. Yeah, I mean, this is a you got another first look coming up too on this one. These are both like Troy Blackburn specials on the first looks. Uh, luckily, they're they're a bit apart, so you've you've got plenty of plenty of time to get there. So, watch for this one. I, I have talked to the Fractured Online team many many times, and they have always been amazingly kind. They have been just genuinely nice people, and and everything. And that is the case at many of these games. I to this day am not interested personally in Fractured Online. I will obviously give it a look because that's my job here. Uh, even if I don't do the first look, I want to be able to speak intelligently at least about the beginning portions of it and what I didn't like and why I didn't stay with it. But honestly, this just this one isn't me. Uh, I'm willing to give a sandbox a try, but if I had to pick one, I'd slide to Dual Universe. I'll check out Fractured because it's my job. If it wasn't my job, dumb, I, I, don't, I don't think I'd be trying it. And the Gamigo purchase has that. nothing to do with right. it for me, for me personally. Yeah, I'm 100% in agreement there. But, Dom, let me sell you on this. Your boy, Richard yeah. Garriott. Lord oh, boy. British. Boy. Yeah. Lord <laughs> British himself. <laughs> King of bailing on many things, including Shroud of the Avatar. And boy, what a mess that's become. What a mess that was from the start. Let's be honest. Let's just be honest. Shroud of the Avatar was a mess from the start. Uh, maybe not the exact start, but shortly after. Uh, we knew he was going to work on a new MMO. We knew it was going to be NFT-related because, of course, it was. Mm -hmm. uh, and thanks to our friends over at Massively OP who noted the, noticed this uh, first, the game now has a name and a website. It's called Iron and Magic, but that's it. Like, there is nothing else on the website about it being anything. Like, no information at all. No, no I... I they were you guys were saying the uh uh the the twitter was was doing a better job uh, of showing off the game than the website was uh here's an update by the way uh just now just because i clicked on it apparently ironandmagic.com now redirects to their facebook page <laughs> so i'm going to assume that the website went up before they actually wanted it to go up which yeah. makes it which makes it even funnier that mop uh, had stumbled on it when they did. Uh, yeah, absolutely great. I just don't care. <laughs> I just, yeah. I, I don't care about anything Richard Garriott does anymore. I haven't yeah. for a long time, and he's just always been a bit skeevy over X years with financial dealings and putting his name on things. And I know there was that whole SEC thing, and like, no thanks, not interested. I mean, and then especially going into something dealing with NFTs when they already have, you know, not the, the greatest stigma on the gaming industry. I think there's definitely room for NFTs in the gaming industry if done correctly. Yeah, they, Problem they is, never will. No be. one has done it correctly yet. Yeah, so and no one will. That's not to say someone can't, no, but no one will. I'm waiting to see it. No one will. Requires the cooperation of too many businesses to make it a consumer-centric model. And there's mm -hmm. no, no incentive for the businesses to cooperate. Uh, here's Zen, uh, Zenos the Rooster, guys. Just wanted you to be introduced. This is a rooster at uh, Mudshoot Farms, uh, which is, it was I was corrected, rightfully so, is in London, not the English farm side. That'll trust. That'll teach me to trust an article. Um, for a Final Fantasy 14 stream, getting ready for Island Sanctuary, fans thought this rooster was definitely Zenos. The way he was walking around, the way he seemed to be the boss, the coloring, everything. And so uh, what they're calling Mog Shoot Farms for the stream, very quickly 
decided that thing's name is Xenos. Donate to Xenos. Here's a link <laughs> uh, to raise money for the farm. So immediately. Yeah, this is absolutely my, big Xenos energy. My, my favorite meme in that, that list was the side-by-side -side comparison of Xenos and Xenos the Rooster, where they both have black gold, red color palette. Yep. They both test your reflexes. They both sit on a high place waiting for a worthy opponent. However, Xenos the Rooster cannot lay eggs, but Xenos the character can. <laughs> Got him again. Let's slide over and do the weekly bombs. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is now time for the weekly bombs. Uh, double bomb for something good, A bomb for something bad in the world of gaming or just life in general. I'm going to give you mine first. I'm going to give a dub bomb. There's a soul frame stream next week. On the 22nd there's actually multiple digital extremes streams ex digital extremes streams <laughs> next week uh about warframe and soul frame but the one specifically i'm going to give a dub bomb to is the soul frame stream that's on the 22nd next week don't expect there to be a ton about the game itself because uh, i think the primary purpose is talking about the team that moved from warframe to soul frame why what they're doing might get some game details uh, I'm giving them a debomb though for getting something out there uh, because I did have initial concerns that you announced this game too early and we're not going to see something for such a long time that nobody's going to care. I would like, yeah, <laughs> digital extremes. Uh, I do like seeing them trying to show a little more, a little more, a little more, uh, particularly now that you know it's not going to be at the Video Game Awards. That's a different project. Uh, and through a different partnership. So I'm going to give him a dub bomb to hosting the stream. I may very well come back next week and give him an A-bomb for the quality of the stream if there's just nothing there besides talking about the people making it. We'll see. And I'm sure there's going to be lots from Gamescom covered on next week's show as well. What do you got, Troy? Uh, I got two dub bombs. Uh, the first one's for me. Uh, Sunday is my birthday. Dub bomb to me and my birthday. Yeah, buddy. The Congrats. second one's for Mr. Jason Winter, who is in chat. Dub bomb to New World's expertise system as it currently stands. When I'm playing the game, I actually feel like I'm progressing. Uh, I make progress every single day, um, and it feels good. Uh, they've got it in a good spot finally, uh, so dub bomb to that. Yeah, I think you're out of your damn mind, but, you know, there's no accounting for taste. <sighs> All right, well, I got... I all I got was this. Like, I just got an email that said this. And I, I don't, I don't, I assume this is related to your weekly bomb, Dom? I, yeah, I'm this not... is, this is my, my A-bomb, right? This is, this is uh, Mark Zuckerberg, right? He tweeted out this metaverse Oh, is that who that selfie? is? Is that who yeah, that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he looks pretty robotic, just like he does in real life. So, I mean, I guess it captured that. I totally but, missed uh... it because this seemed a little more flesh-toned. <laughs> True, true. Uh, but yeah, so $10 billion on the metaverse, and this is what we get. Uh, wow. <laughs> it looks like... Uh, I, I was reading through like some comments and stuff, and uh, somebody showed off uh, the Eiffel Tower in Twisted Metal 2 that came out in 1996, and it looked better than... Than, than this. Sec oh, please, this is an NFT. It's worth at least $200 million. <laughs> Second Life came out in 2003 and looks better yeah. than this. A lot yeah. better. Yeah. A lot better. Soul Jason, Soul Frame is more ready to show off than this. I agree. I agree. And, uh, and I do want to say my dub bomb will uh, be, we, we touched briefly on this, was uh, uh, Ghostbusters Spirit Unleashed uh, pre-purchase went up yesterday. Uh, I'm very excited for a Phasmophobia-style Ghostbusters game. Oh, yeah. Uh, actually, mm -hmm. in-universe. So uh, pre-orders went up. You get uh, uh, early access to Slimer and some uh, custom cosmetics, but uh, it doesn't come out until uh, October 18th. But, yeah. Uh, Chakal in uh, chat saying, A-bomb to Yoshi P. Usually has great insight into stuff, but lately he's just been saying a random collection of words. <laughs> <laughs> Lord That's Future fair. chiming in from YouTube says, it is business as usual, talking about uh, Microsoft's accusations that Sony was paying blocking fees to developers to keep the game their games off of Game Pass. 
Companies pay to suppress things all the time. See tobacco companies suppressing medical research into their product. Pharmaceutical companies suppressing drugs because it's more profitable not to release it. Sony is working as intended. Uh, I, I wouldn't say the examples are the best uh, analogies, but I don't disagree with your point. And I don't think I did on the show too. I just, people do that all the time. But usually in gaming, they do it the other way. They pay for the exclusivity agreement to get it onto their consoles, not generally paying to keep it off of other ones. Um, <laughs> you can put it on Steam. Go ahead. You can sell it on Xbox too. Just don't put it on Game Pass. Here's an extra two mil. Uh, go ahead, uh, Troy. Take the next one. Uh, Reyes, De bomb to Anthony's hat cap. Save the bees. Totally agree. Also save the earthworms. I mean, there are these little creatures, including snails, slugs, that no one cares about. But without them, our life won't be possible on Earth. A bomb to Warner Brothers for canceling Batgirl. Come on, people. I don't think that movie can be worse than Supergirl, the 1984 version, or Fantastic Four, 1994. And I watched them both, and somehow being bad made them fun to watch. I don't think you had to put a year next to Fantastic Four. Uh, I think any, you could any 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 that you've ever seen, yeah. including the really obscure one. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I don't think you needed a year next to that one. Uh, as long as we're not talking about the cartoon, yeah, that was decent. Absolutely agree. By the way, I just uh, just released the damn thing. I, uh, there's got to be some stories behind the scenes on what the hell exactly is going on there that we just don't know about. And uh, luckily, it's Hollywood, so we'll know about it soon. Uh, <laughs> go ahead, Dom. Take the next one. Uh, this one's from Box uh, Weekly Bomb, giving a dub bomb to the DBZ collab in Fortnite. I know it's technically premature because it doesn't happen until August 18th, which was yesterday. Uh, but ever since the old robot chicken sketch of Goku and Gohan saving Christmas, I've always found the idea of Goku with a gun hilarious. And I will say, I have actually played since it has been put into the game. It always feels a little weird for me to see that anime style character in Fortnite because the two contrasting styles, but right, you know, that's just my personal. And yeah, box. It may have been early when you typed it, but it's timely now. Mm -hmm. It's timely now. Raggerty says the bomb for the host's reaction to my studio name, and then Raggerty went ahead and put the name of the damn studio in here again. So I guess I got to read it again. Troy, moist dream hole. <laughs> that's such a Bad game studio name. We we challenged users a couple of weeks ago, Dom, to come up with two word uh game studio names based on mm -hmm. a chat thing that was going on that day, and that's what Raggerty came up with and ugh. I will it's got two thumbs up from me. It's not a hot game, but it's a little warm. Uh question of the week last week. What? Question of the week last week. Uh, what name do you go by in most games uh, where you actually get a chance to name your character, and where did that name come from? Shirak says, question of the week, Dog Chow. Came from a 10-year-old trying to think of a name for an exciting new game called Scorched Earth 2000. After an hour on trying names that were taken, I saw a bag of dog food laying around and thought, Dog Chow. It made sense at the time. Though I also use Shirak from Beastmaster sometimes, but I prefer Dog Chow. <laughs> Don't ask me why. <laughs> Love it. Love it. You would get along with my brother Havoc, who named his, as I told you last week, named his mage Lamac in World of Warcraft when he first started playing that because he saw his box of camels sitting next to his computer and Lamac spelled backwards is camel. <laughs> Go ahead, Troy. Take the next one. Uh, Box. Uh, been using the name Box for a while. Was using Box or Two because it was unique enough to be usable in most games. Really just came up with that because it's simple enough to use. Before that, back in the days of X-Fire, my old name was Senor Lemons because of my Hispanic roots mixed with my love for lemons growing up. <laughs> that is a sentence I never thought I would hear. Like, my Hispanic <laughs> heritage... And it's my love so for lemons. <laughs> like <laughs> the second part of that sentence, I would never have expected. <laughs> like, <No. laughs> like somebody talking about their heritage, whether you know, whatever Hispanic in this case. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, your Hispanic heritage. Tell me about it. Oh, I love lemons. Wait, what? What? I'm sorry. 
You love lemons. Okay. <laughs> love okay. Lemons. Jason Winter, Senor Lemons sounds awesome. I, I agree. It's I just wouldn't have expected it. Go ahead, Dom. Uh, Bulboxarius, uh, it is coming from my biology class. My real name is Rulian. Uh, and every time the teacher was saying Volvox Aureus, she was looking at me, and I was thinking, sounds cool, and I started using it when I was playing Half-Life multiplayer uh, in Counter-Strike. Uh, FYI, Volvox Aureus is a freshwater green algae that formed spherical colonies. We are learning a lot about viewers today. A lot right? about viewers today. And science. And science. Appreciate it. Thovarisk says, take a guess. Thovarisk. It comes from weapons from Vagrant Story and my last name. So, yeah, Tovarisk uh, with an extra H for flavor has never failed me so far. No one has ever even tried to claim it before me on any MMO release. Oh, the easy life. It's either that or Malacca, but that's a whole other story. And I feel like we got cheated. We I did. I feel like we got cheated. <laughs> you gave the easy story and not the whole other story. I think you copped out on this. Badass Ma Dukes in chat saying that that name came from my brother. It did. That's a badass Ma Dukes is my mother. So, uh, Go ahead, Troy. Raggedy, aside from using creative names, the name I use is Raggedy or Regsman. The first name is a compound of Rag and Gordy, Rag being my initials, and the second part, Gordy, comes from me going to a Pandarius Mexican bakery on the way home from school, and the staff would call me that jokingly. Yes, I know it was a play on calling me fat, but I was in there like every day, so yeah. <laughs> Rags man is just a longer play on my initials. Sometimes if you're just in a bakery every day and somebody calls you fat, you just got to be like, yeah. <laughs> when I read this and put this in the notes, I was like, did Troy type this? Because this sounds like something he would say. <laughs> like, you've made you've made jokes about yourself on this show, and I was like, yeah. that sounds like something Troy would say. My fat ass was in the bakery the other day. <laughs> like, dude, I, I, dude, the hot light was on at Krispy Kreme the other day, and my fat ass stopped right up in there and got a dozen hot. Baby. <laughs> Nasagra says in chat question of the week so I'm the only one who just randomly typed out on a keyboard until they had a name for RuneScape back in the day yeah seems so seems so <laughs> everybody else looked around their their house and was like dog chow there we go we got it we got it guys uh, question of the week this week what is your take on Embracer moving even more into video games and particularly buying the Lord of the Rings stuff is that a good thing or a bad thing for the current MMO when the license comes up for renewal? Or maybe how about a future one? Give us your take on what Embracer's play here is with the IP and your thoughts on it in the comments below. Or hell, like Jason says, we could do a whole show about names. If you want to answer the names question again, just answer the name question again. I don't care. I'll bring it all to the show. We'll, of course, be back next Friday, 1 p.m. Eastern, here on twitch.tv slash MMOBomb to talk more about things, and I am assuming a lot of Gamescom news if multiplayer news leaks out of there. We'll be covering it all week on the site so you can stay up to date and then talking about it on Friday. Until next time, Dom, where can everybody find you? Uh, you can find me down below, I think right about here, uh, at It's Zista. Troy. Hey, come check out my streams right here on twitch.tv slash MMOBomb every Wednesday. I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me personally right there at MagicMan1, but more importantly, follow at MMOBomb so you'll know every time we go live with a podcast stream, come over to the site for first look videos, articles, giveaways, new ones up today, and more. Stay safe. We'll see you on the servers. Does the outro work the same way here as it does on Snowbound? Or not Snowbound. Wow. Ready, check radio. <laughs> Clear the recording still live.